On the program today, we have a couple of individuals from USAO. We are going to start with Dr. Tanya Anderson with the Ada Sipiel Fisher Center for Social Justice and Racial Healing. And we're going to follow with uh, Katie Davis, who's going to talk about uh, the Davis Walter Performing Arts Series coming up uh, here very soon that's going to be starting. But we wanted to open up today with uh, Dr. Anderson, and uh, thank you for coming in today. We appreciate it. Oh, good morning, and thank you for having me. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the the uh, Fisher Center a little bit, and it's been around. Give us a little bit of history of how it uh, was created at, at USAO. Well, actually, it started via a, a glitch at the last uh, hour. Oh, probably about uh, I think it was 2017. The Vice President for Academic Affairs, Krista Maxson, sent me a grant. And uh, we had uh, only a very, very short time to get it in. And we didn't get it in on time. We were like two minutes late. And, uh, and I told her, I said, well, I think I could raise the money. Uh, and both of us were concerned about the polarization that existed within society. And... Um, so we talked about it, and I was fortunate to enlist the assistance of uh, Anita Hill and asked if she would be, I told her about the idea, and if she would be willing to help us. Uh, Bruce Fisher, the son of the late civil rights activist, um, uh, Ada Fisher, agreed also to help mobilize support for this. And Anita Hill came. We were able to raise a significant amount of money. And that's the birth of the Fisher Center. Of course, uh, Ada Lois Scipio Fisher, Chickasha native, and we've talked about her many times uh, on the program and just the work that she did in uh, in the 1940s and 50s, uh, breaking the color barrier uh, at the OU Law School, and it happened pretty much right here in Chickasha. Oh, it did. Uh, Chickasha actually was ground zero. Um, the case with Sipiel is very interesting because, number one, she was the only female out of the different test cases that led up to Brown. Uh, versus the Board of Education. And the gentleman who uh, had a case before her, he had disappeared and has never been heard from since. Uh, so this young woman summoned tremendous courage to engage with the NAACP in that fight. And, um, and the rest really is history. So I thought that having the center named after her would be extremely appropriate. Number one, because we're in Chickasha, and as you said, she was a Chickasha native. B, because of her uh, instrumental role in uh, opening up education in, in desegregating education as a part of the test cases that led up to Brown 
and um, not everybody is aware of it, but um, she launched a class action suit against the Oklahoma College for Women, now known as USAO. And although that case uh, did not reach court, it's important because Oklahoma determined to open up education all across the board as a result of that and not go through the uh, protests and things that had existed in the Deep South. So the, the center about once a year has a program, and uh, you've got one coming up this next week that is equally as fascinating as Dr. Fisher's story. Yes. Um, September 8th at 6.30, we are going to uh, host Julia Clifford and uh, members of the original uh, sit-in movement uh, that took place at Katz Department Store in Oklahoma City. Julia Clifford um, spent seven years researching about this event that she knew nothing about, even though her father had participated in the sit-in movements that had occurred in Oklahoma City during the 50s and 60s. And so we are very, very pleased to have her and uh, members of the original sit-in movement that took place at Katz Department Store. Joyce Jackson, Joyce Henderson, um, Bill Clifford, and, uh, of course, Julia Clifford. Right, and Marilyn Looper Childreth as well? Exactly. Or Hildreth, I guess. Hildreth, yes, yes, yes. Marilyn Looper Hildreth. And without her, I mean, it's interesting there because her mother had written a play called Brother President. And she was invited to produce the play in New York, starring her pupils in her class. As you may know, she was a history teacher. And so... Um, the bus trip to New York took the northern route, and that opened up the eyes of her students because they had never known an experience outside of segregation. And, um, you know, on the way back, which they took the southern route back, her daughter asked the question of, why can't we go in certain establishments and get a hamburger or what have you? And um, she went further to make the suggestion that maybe we should try doing that. So um, Clara Looper served as the um, youth advisor for the NAACP in Oklahoma City. And she talked about, um, thought about, okay, how can we do this? And, you know, of course, in 1955, Dr. King had, and, uh, had started the um, um, 
Montgomery bus movement. So that had been going on for several years, and that led to the sit-in movement in Oklahoma City. What's uh, And they uh, desegregated almost every restaurant that they visited over several years. I mean, this is yes. this not something they did like uh, one day or one week or one oh, month. Oh, no, 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 no. You, you're right there. Um, now, with cats, it was three days. But that was only one establishment. And so, you know, the, the thing is with virtually any law. You can have a law on the books, but oftentimes it takes people to actualize the law in, in order for it to be recognized in real time. And so that's what they did. So from 58 to uh, 64, they engaged in the sit-ins. All peaceful? Yes. Nonviolent? Nonviolent. They were trained, these young people, everyone who participated in the sit ins were diligently trained in order to um, know how to react to violent encounters. Because for them, the issue of peaceful demonstration was paramount. Um, it was, in many ways, a religious and spiritual process as much as it was one of social activism. How old were they at the time? Uh, the eldest, I think, was 17 or 18. The youngest was 7, I do believe. Amazing. And we've had four of the people that were involved that will be here this next week. So that's Indeed. really great. Talk about the film a little bit, and I guess it's it's got a lot of the, the panelists that are, uh, are going to be speaking. Are they part of the documentary? Yes, yes, most definitely. Um, as I said, Julia Clifford did not was not aware of her father's involvement, had never heard of the Oklahoma City sit-in movement or any of the other uh, sit-in movements that burgeoned out of that. How did she manage to fi find out about her dad's involvement? Uh, through a casual conversation. <laughs> you know, and, it, you, and it's like, what? <laughs> you know. And um, so she started digging and... Um, was really taken aback by this remarkable history of young children who made a tremendous contribution to our state, to the overall um, history of the civil rights movement. Did any get to meet Dr. King? That I... I am sure because, of course, he came to Oklahoma City, you know, um, and different um, celebrities came to Oklahoma City. Charleston Heston came to Oklahoma City and participated in the sit-in movements, you know, and it's interesting because historically the sit-in movement is, the beginning of it is attributed to the uh 
Greensboro uh, movement that took place in 1960. But the Oklahoma City movement predated that. And the other thing that's unique about it is that children had never been used in um, those sorts of activities before. And um, in many ways, I think that when King launched the children's campaign in Birmingham in 1963, that he used the Oklahoma City um, example as a model. We've got this great program coming up next Thursday night. It's going to be at Teata Memorial Auditorium, and it's a, a documentary called uh, Children of the Civil Rights, and uh, a panel discussion will follow. It's free, but we want folks to register in advance to to attend. Is that correct? That is correct, and if you cannot be there in person, it will be live streamed. Right, uh, go online at usao.edu slash civil rights, I believe. Is that right? All right. Yes. Dr. Anderson, thank you so much for coming in today. It's been a pleasure. And uh, we just encourage people to come out and watch this documentary next week. Well, thank you so, so very much for inviting me. Are you house hunting in the Chickasha and Tri-City area? Century 21 Mosley Real Estate is at your service. All their associates have had extensive training in the latest real estate marketing strategies. The company's been family-owned and operated for 70 years, and being local gives them the upper hand over national companies who don't know a thing about the local market. Browse their website to see their many listings and open houses. Century21Mosley.com Century 21 Mosley Real Estate Susan Mosley Broker 428 West Grand, Chickasha Next on the program, we have Katie Davis. She's the professor of theater at the university, and always good to have you on the show. Nice and, to be here, George. And uh, getting ready for the next Davis Waldorf Performing Arts Series, and we've got a unique uh, kickoff this year. It is so fun to be able to invite people back to campus for what will just be a really big party to celebrate that we're going to do our 22nd season of this Performing Arts Series. So the party is coming up on September the 15th, and it will be in our ballroom. The format's a little bit different than people who come to the shows are used to, because you'll arrive at 7 o'clock, and when you arrive at the ballroom, casino-style game tables will already be set up, the bar will be open, hors d'oeuvres will be out, and there'll be about a half an hour of just visiting and gaming. At 7.30, I will announce Wade Tower, and Wade Tower comes to us through the Box Talent Agency in Oklahoma City. Um, he's going to do kind of a lounge-style Vegas show Ooh. with live piano with him, and he'll sing for the evening while people continue to mingle and game. Um, it'll last all the way till 9 o'clock. All right, so he's uh, what style? So you said lounge singing, so kind of compared Dean, to... Dean Martin meets, oh. I don't know, I think he does everything from older style Sinatra stuff to Michael Boublier. So you're yeah. going you're gonna to get some of that cool, maybe even people get up and dance to it music. Oh, that'll be great. And how'd you get a hold of him? Just... Uh... Um, we had worked a couple of years ago with the same agency, and they sent us a great guy named Justin Eccles. Um, one of our board members here in town is Mr. Lewis Nicely. He works at the YMCA, yes. and he had seen Justin perform. So we got connected to that agency, and when we were thinking about doing this night, they both helped send 
all of the dealers who will be at the tables. They do the setup of the casino, and they also send this guy who's going to just wow us. So it should be a fun night. Looking forward to it. And this is going to be entertainment only. Absolutely. Uh, casino night, right? So how's that going to work? One of the fun things is when you buy a ticket for this event, your ticket comes with two drinks, and they can be alcoholic drinks or non-alcoholic drinks. That's up to you. But throughout the evening, you get two drinks. There will be a cash bar that runs through the evening and hors d'oeuvres. What also comes with your tickets is $30 in Davis Waldorf chips, and they're just for fun, and you game and play all night long, everything from Texas Hold'em to a roulette table to a craps table. But at the end of the night, you turn your chips in. Can you buy more chips if you want? You cannot exchange money for chips at all, all okay. night long. Whatever, right. However many tickets you bought is how many chips you get. Gotcha. But at the end of the evening, instead of cashing your chips in for money, we have area businesses who've been donating gift cards, and so there'll be a variety of prizes. Uh, for every $100 that you have won in the course of the evening in chips, um, you'll get a raffle ticket, and you'll get to pull kind of a random, I guess it's a, a surprise, like, whether you yeah. get um, like, dinner at Rock Island Grill or whether you get something for a business downtown, but it'll be kind of a fun way to get a prize in exchange for playing. So this is a, a event that's open to the public, and I guess you'll have information about all the, 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 the series? The Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Part of the kickoff will be an announcement for people who've not already bought their ticket about what's coming up in the series this year. There is an advantage. Anyone who goes online now and buys their season ticket because they know they want to see the shows this year can get the ticket to the gala for a $10 reduced price. So for the general public, a gala ticket is $40 for the evening. But if you buy a season ticket for Davis Waldorf, you can add on a gala ticket for $30. And these are very inexpensive uh, tickets because there's five performances throughout the year. Starting with Wade Tower, who's mm -hmm. our first, and then there'll be four more big shows. So a season ticket right now is $60. Um, if you would buy a ticket at the door for any of the shows, those are still only $20. And if you compare to something like driving up to OCCC, I think the Visual and Performing Arts Center now, you can't get a season ticket for less than 250 bucks. So our goal always with the series is access, affordability, we want people in Grady County and the county surrounding us to have um, a place where they feel really comfortable, um, where it doesn't break the bank to show up. The gala night is for adults only. We want it 18 years and older, but all of the shows for the season, students, K-12, are free. So mom and dad can buy season tickets and know they can bring all the kids in the family with them to see the dance shows, the music shows, the theater shows. And just let that be a really affordable night out for the family. And it's not necessarily a formal night out, like if you want to go to the Tower Theater or anything like that. You can come in your jeans and T-shirt if you want to. Come in your gym right? clothes if yeah. you want to. You're welcome. <laughs> come in and sit down and be comfortable. For the gala, some people are excited about it being sort of cocktail party yeah. dress, mm -hmm. dress up. and you know, So that if you want to dance or if you want to yeah. kind of feel like you're your in tux. Vegas. That's it. Yeah. If you want to be in Vegas for the night, sure. you dress it out however you want to. <laughs> They'll, one of the other fun things is that we have a professional photographer who's going to be set up in the lobby. And so if what you want to do is have your picture taken that night in your casino garb, you'll have a digital photo that you can get right there um, to kind of commemorate the evening. And so it'll be a nice night all the way around. And so we're still kind of getting back in the post-COVID or pre-COVID mode, right? So we were had in-person 
shows last year, yes. did we not? Last year, we did have in-person shows. We were a little more careful about masking and distancing. This season, we're allowing masking to be the choice of our audience members. They know whether they've been vaccinated. They know whether they're at risk. But we are going to continue to only sell about half of the capacity for all of our venues. That way, people still can know if they're coming out, they're not going to be crowded right next to other people. Um, A lot of our patrons last year really appreciated that without any fuss about it at all. People could come in, find a seat somewhere just with their group, be really comfortable and feel really safe. All the performances at Teata? All except for, well, this one is in the ballroom. Right. Yeah. The the, the gala. In November, we will have two, a father and son piano duo, and they'll be in the alumni chapel where we have two grand pianos that will perform together that evening. So that's really our only small venue event. Everything else is in the big auditorium in Teata. So talk about uh, getting these these great performances, and we have national and international groups that uh, display their talents Absolutely. on stage here in town. It, it's work. In fact, what we're starting right now is planning for 23-24. Already for next year. Absolutely. Yeah. Our committee that does this planning uh, is comprised of five people from on campus, including a student and professors and staff members and also five people from the community. I think I mentioned Mr. Nicely earlier, mm-hmm. uh, but Christy Clift is serving on that committee. Amber Heilman represents schools on that committee. So we have, and I'm, of course, I'm forgetting people who support us and help us, but being able to have voices from the community say, this is what we think would be great to bring here. And um, Susan Gerhardt, of course, um, she, we've got representative from the Art Council, mm-hmm. that it's, it's nice to have everybody who's got an investment in wanting there to be professional dance, professional theater. So this year we've got everything from um, a Latinx dance company that's going to do a multimedia performance, dance, live music, projected video, um, that that will kick off the the season in the auditorium um, to the piano act that I talked about. We also have a Obie award-winning actor and playwright named Nalaja Sun, who's going to come and perform her show um, for the first time, to the best of my knowledge, ever is her performance in Oklahoma. Um, my students just read her play that she's going to perform in class, and so she'll be here in January. And then the season ends with this really unusual group called Ashwini Ramaswamy's um, Dance Company. You can't say that three times fast, can you? Not, <laughs> not correctly. <laughs> but her show is called Let the Crows Come, And it is a blending of classical Indian dance from India, meeting American popular and modern dance. And um, I I don't think we've ever hosted something quite like it, but the little video clips that we got to see just were stunning. So um, we've got some, some really terrific stuff, affordable, accessible. So the screening process is pretty time consuming. So how often do you meet to, uh, you do that once a month or just we, to screen some of the, the acts that you would are thinking about bringing in? We've started to work a lot digitally, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. The era of Zoom and email meetings that we do a lot of our conversations digitally. But really the process is we don't just think about one year at a time. We try to think in four-year blocks, um, thinking about the students on campus. And if you come in as a freshman, 
We want you to see a different kind of dance when you're a sophomore and when you're a junior and when you're a senior. We want you to see different kinds of theater, different kinds of music. So, for example, last year the people who went to see Rhythmic Circus had a big tap show, but the style of the Circa Rivera Dance Theater and the style of Ashwini Ramaswamy there, I've done it twice, <laughs> um, will be very different. And then there'll be something completely different next year, too. I think audiences remember that we've done everything from the gentlemen of hip-hop um, and certainly to big holiday shows. So we really try and keep it so that there's a variety. And anybody who says, oh, yeah, I've been to one of those shows, um, should expect the same kind of quality, but something absolutely new and different every time they come. Is there information about all the shows uh, online yet? Super easy to find it. USAO.edu forward slash DWPAS for Davis Waldorf Performing Art Series. Information about the gala, information about the artists. People can plug in a credit card number, order their tickets online. I'll put them in the mail for them tomorrow. And they pick, pick them up at the business office, I guess, yes. if they want to. Business but the easiest thing has... to do is order online. That's as easy as Amazon, I guess, almost. Absolutely. <laughs> we, we don't have our drones running no, yet. but no. we'll... <laughs> <laughs> uh, The other nice thing is that most um, of our past subscribers should have received their brochure in the mail this week. So if they take a look at that brochure, it gives them the information about an online order. Or, of course, they can come by. There are other order forms, and they can go right to the business office on campus Monday through Friday. What else is happening uh, in your department is uh, we're just getting school underway, and I know you're excited about uh, having the, the new the new and returning students back on campus. Absolutely. We not only have new students and returning students, we have a returning professor. Oh. Um, Jeff Taylor worked in our department about seven years ago, and then he left to pursue his career in New York and Philadelphia and Pittsburgh and Houston, and he has come back. He just loves us, and we're glad to have him back. Uh, but he is the new assistant professor of technical theater, so there's going to be real growth in the program for people who are interested in sound design and lighting design and carpentry and construction and so many of those skills cross over into everything from radio to um, jobs in the community. Building trades, yeah, Absolutely. pretty much, right? So yeah. he's just fantastic. We just started work on our fall play and we've got a cast of five students and five understudies and that group of 10 is dwarfed by the 17 students who are in the technical program doing everything from special effects to sets and lights and sound for us. What else uh, for performing this year? Do we have anything scheduled for spring and all that? Or We are already all, looking at all. this being the year of our musical. Oh. And Jeff is a musical theater guy. I'm collaborating with Dr. Jan Hansen in the music program and Renata Finch, who's been our accompanist forever. But we are planning not only for that musical to serve any student, faculty, staff member on campus, we would love to have people from the community all the way from high school to junior high students that if they'd like the chance to train and work with the college students with us in the department, it's going to be a big blended community musical in the spring. Looking forward to uh, all the activities uh, on campus uh, that we've been talking about uh, here on the program this morning. But uh, for the Davis Walter Performing Arts Series, uh, usao.edu slash DWPAS and the big gala again uh, September 15th. That's a Thursday night. It is Thursday night in the ballroom. We hope everyone will come. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks, George.